David is uh, away this Sunday at one of our partner churches, actually, um, at one of their planter gatherings. They do, like, annual gatherings of all of the um, kind of church starters that, uh, that partner with them. Uh, so we're excited uh, to have our good friend uh, Adam here uh, to give God's word this morning. Uh, we're going to continue in our series uh, in the book of Luke, Walking with Jesus. Adam and his wife Amy have uh, been with us since the beginning, and they're good friends. Uh, and uh, some of you have maybe even heard him uh, here before. So we'll welcome him up here in a minute, but we'll, uh, we'll pray uh, with the scripture um, this morning. Luke 5, verses 27 to 39. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, Jesus, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. Let's give Adam a warm welcome. Morning, crew. Hey, a hundred years ago today, a uh, few men entered a railway carriage in the forest of Copenhagen and ended the war to end all wars. Uh, war one ended today, a uh, hundred years ago, and we're we're so <laughs> grateful for uh, uh, for. Uh, for those those guys who who, who fought in that war, uh, we continue to thank so much. We continue to be grateful uh, for men and women who who uh, who continue to uh, defend uh, us. But the fact that we continue in gratitude, right? That that is a that is a continuing debt that we have. Uh, just underscores that the war to end all wars didn't work. Uh, it didn't. It didn't end all wars, uh, and and nor did it nor did it end all evil. Uh, so, certainly didn't end, end all evil. And 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 what Cindy was just talk, talking about and and more that's just been happening, just just reminds us, just reminds us that we are in in as great and as desperate need of peace and goodness and grace. And ultimately, uh, a new world, uh, as uh, as they were a hundred years ago. Uh, so let me uh, let me just pray. I know City just prayed, but let me, let me let me just pray to uh, to to get us going. Lord Jesus, we look to your new world. Uh, it's 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 been an okay hundred years since 
since uh, the First World War ended. But Lord, the fact that we now call it the First World War just, uh, just shows us that, that it wasn't the last. We, uh, we need a new world. Amen. Hey, it is, uh, it is really good to be back. Thanks for, thanks for having me back. I know you didn't, not everybody had a choice in that and that you, you know, just clapped politely. So, but thanks for that. Thanks for being, thanks for being polite. I, um, I uh, am going to seminary right now, which is super exciting because then eventually when I come back in a few years, I'm going to have a seminary degree and then it, this won't be like fraudulent what I'm, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but, but, before this point, um, I've been, I've supposed to, it's really been, I've, this is a long time coming, right? I was supposed to go to seminary a long time ago. Um, I haven't been in seminary because I've been doing a business project, and that's been half like Jonah kind of fleeing seminary, but half I've really enjoyed the, the business project. Um, I work, I work for a company which deals with um, financial fraud and fraud investigations, and, and I really add a whole lot to the company uh, because it's a whole bunch of math PhDs and physics PhDs. I add a whole lot because I, I, I bring my history background in, in, in there, and that's very helpful. Um, it's not uh, when, when we're talking about and And so we'll be in meetings, and they're just incredibly, incredibly clever people who work for our company, and, and they'll be making presentations and PowerPoints and things like that, and they'll be, they'll be going on and on about what they found and their discoveries and their data. And I'll be nodding along because who wouldn't nod along, right? You, right? To be smart, you have to be nodding along. And then I've just I've got a buddy who works for us. He's just really, really clever, and he's always the one, right? I've got like he's the one guy who will be in a meeting and in front of everybody, he will say, "Adam, you're not getting this, are you?" Right? And I'll be like, "Yeah, can we roll that back?" And 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 uh, and it's very obvious in 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 my face and just just my life and my intelligence and everything about me that I don't get that and I don't get a lot of stuff. And, and, so, uh, and, and, so, and so I'm, able, I'm quite able to relate in that way, just in terms of like not being able to get something. I'm quite able to relate to a few of the characters in today's story. So we're moving on through the book of Luke. And, and today we're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about these characters called, uh, called Pharisees and these characters called tax collectors, and then we're going to throw a little bit of Jesus in there. And, and there's, there's a big problem that's going on there. Well, there's a few big problems that are going on in, in our setting today. And, and kind of overall, the big problem is that Jesus and his crew just, just do not get it. Right? Like, they're supposed to be religious people. People call him rabbi. He does sort of religious-y things like teaching, right? Um, but, but, man, like, like, objectively, this guy just doesn't get it. And, and that's the Pharisee's point, right? And we're going to talk about them quite a bit, but that's the Pharisee's point. Jesus, you, you and, and, and y'all, um, I'm really big into y'all. That's not because I'm a Southerner, and I, 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 I'm not really trying to affect the Southerner thing. It's just that the English language lacks a second-person plural, right? And so when you say you, it's very, it's very indiscriminate whether you're talking about one person. So, so we should start using y'all, right? Because y'all... So, so, so that's what the Pharisees are saying to Jesus' disciples. They're, 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 they're saying, y'all just, y'all just don't get this religion thing. All right, and we're going to work through that. All right, so Cindy read, 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 read our passage. Uh, 
the, uh, the, the Pharisees are going to have a, 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 few, uh, a few complaints, right? They're going to be like, they're going to be like my guy in, in my meeting, say, Adam, you just don't get it, right? And, and here are the Pharisees. The first complaint the Pharisees have is that y'all, right, with this whole religion thing, <laughs> y'all are not that amazing people. Y'all are just not that great. And, and this one hurts. This one hurts because it's true, right? It's always it's like that's what really gets you, right, right, is, is when it's true. This one hurts because it's true, and we're going to get into that uh, in, in a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about Pharisees, right? That is an English word. That is a word that has passed into English, and so we use Pharisees in a whole lot of, of context, even outside of, of, of religion now. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're going to see these guys in, in verse 30. They, they are our interlocutors, right? They're the ones that are criticizing uh, Jesus, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And, uh, and these guys have a very deep-seated suspicion about Jesus and about this budding movement of His. And I think if we start to get in to who the Pharisees are, I think if we give them a little bit more credit than maybe we usually do, I think that we're going to find that maybe some of us share some of these same suspicions about Jesus, and that's, and that's, and that's good, right? So the Pharisees, they get a bad rap these days, uh, and to call someone a Pharisee is not a good thing, right? right? The, the Pharisees get a bad rap, and the reason they get a bad rap, and you know, just as a Christian, we got to be... Got to be upfront about this. The reason they get a bad rap is because all we know about Pharisees, most of us, is from the four Gospels, and they just, they just don't come off well in, in the four Gospels. Um, the Gospel writers, and this is fair, the Gospel writers tend to pick on one part of the Pharisees, one kind of aspect, that they're, that they're a bit hypocritical with, with, with some things. And that's true, and we're not going to deal with that today, because in this passage, Dr. Luke doesn't deal with it. Okay, So we're not going to really, really talk about hypocrisy today. Um, but... But to get, to get who these, 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 these guys are, um, to more fu- and, and ultimately to fo- more fully appreciate their problems with Jesus, I think what we need to, to understand is that these were seriously good people. Seriously good people. Really good people. Even, even the best of people. And, and, and not only were they the best of people, but they were trying to be better all the time. Like, that's what they were into, is they were the best people, and they, and, they, and they were trying to be better. Another really important thing to understand about Pharisees, which, again, we just don't get these days when we're just like, Pharisees, bad guys, is that they were universally respected for their goodness. Okay? People actually really appreciated them for their goodness. They didn't just sit back and be like, oh, wow, those, those you know, those guys just self-righteous or, you know, uh, they, they actually appreciated them for their goodness. And that is why it's very, very important that we, that like when we start thinking about modern day equivalents, that's not always the most helpful way to think of characters in the ancient world. But when we do think of modern day equivalents, like today, our first thought in our mind when we think Pharisees should not be, should not be. Bible thumping, brimstone spewing, make America great again, loudmouths judging everybody who is different from them. Like, oh, that's where we jump. That's, that's not remotely, it's not remotely how anybody would have thought of a Pharisee in Jesus' time. They weren't seen as self righteous, 
And, and, and honestly, those are, those are not our modern-day Pharisees, right? That kind of crowd is not, is not a really widely respected crowd, or, or it's not really a crowd that people are trying to emulate, uh, especially in this, in, in, in this corner of the world, but really most corners of, 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 the, uh, of the modern world. Um, there are probably... There are probably a few corners of this country where if I were delivering this sermon, right, that would be, that would be our crowd, right? Uh, but not here. Not here. And I, I don't want us to get away from this idea of Pharisees by saying, oh, it's, it's them. You, you, you know, rather here, to, to get a little bit closer to the perspective of these skeptics, uh, I think it's better to think about the best of our community. Trying to think about Pharisees, think about the best of our community and, and people who are respected for being the best and people who are trying to be better and at, 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 at that level just are really good-hearted and really good-intentioned. Um, and, and, and that could be a whole lot of things. And, and you know, in, in Silicon Valley, it's probably got something to do with, uh, with, with eco-consciousness, Right, right. Uh, we're thinking about like who do we most respect? People who are really pouring their everything into being better. Better. It's 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 probably people driving electric cars, composting, composting all their organic waste. Right. Living in a lead certified. I, I'm I'm not 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 making fun of people. I'm I'm, I'm uh, this is this is the problem with Pharisees. We need to understand they're the best. Right. Or or maybe super super socially conscious people. Right, those of us for whom NPR is kind of basic, right, right, right. We're 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 into underground podcasts, and and you know we're uh, uh, we're into subversive protests against the structural sin of our communities, right, right, right. We're we're talking about the best, and and yeah, I mean, I mean a, a couple of us, you know, occasionally come off a little bit, little bit, uh, you know, little bit judgy, but, but like the, the heart's in the right place, right? right? So you, you have your friend come around and you didn't sort your recyclables that well this, this, this week, and you're like, well, kind of embarrassed, but that's not her fault, that's my fault, right? That's the Pharisees. They're good folk. Back to their complaint. Back to the complaint of the best of people. The, uh, the Pharisees, from the perspective of the best of us, right? This is the best of us. They're looking at the rest of us, and they're saying, y'all are not that amazing, right? Y'all are not that great, and, and who are they talking about? Well, let's talk about the first century context. They're talking about these, these folks called tax collectors. The beginning of our story, right, verse 27, Jesus walks by a booth. A guy called Levi's there. He goes by Matthew, right? He's, the, he's actually the guy who writes the book in Matthew. It says, says, uh, says, I'm coming to your house, so Matthew has him over. Levi has him over. And there's a whole bunch of other tax collectors there. Um, unlike the Pharisees, I'm not going to spend five minutes talking about modern-day equivalent of tax collectors. They're scumbags. They're like... They're dirtbags. They're the worst of us. Like, like, if you think about the worst, go further, right? These are the Nazi collaborators of, the, of occupied Europe in the 1940s. These are the sex offenders of today, the people who are 
utterly past the fringe. Okay, and it's, and it's pretty obvious why the Pharisees, the best of us, would have a problem with the people in that house, right? But that's not their problem with Jesus, okay? They're, 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 for all the issues that the Pharisees have with Jesus, they never accuse him of moral failure, right? That's not their problem with Jesus here. Their problem with Jesus is there in verse 30. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners. Why do you even drink with them? You know, their, their issue with Jesus is that he is in a relationship, early stages, but in a relationship with these people who have not yet obviously changed their ways. I'm going to say that one more time. The Pharisees' issue with Jesus and his disciples is that they are in a relationship with people who have not yet obviously changed their ways. Luke doesn't record anything like that. You know, the Pharisees would have been totally fine had Jesus showed up at at that house and done what I'm doing right now. It would have been totally fine if Jesus was there to preach. If, If Jesus was there to judge them. Or even, like, let's make it a little bit softer, if Jesus was there to point out how the tax collectors and, and, and the sinners were not living their best lives yet, and how he was calling them to live better lives. If that's what Jesus was doing, the Pharisees would have been okay with it. But look at that verse 30. Look at that complaint. Why do you eat and drink with them? The issue is that Jesus had entered Levi's house and is sitting down with not amazing people and showing them that he has accepted them and is calling them into a relationship with himself by breaking bread with them. Right? Even, even, even today, eating a meal with someone is, is the beginning of a relationship. But back then, right, he was showing these really not amazing people that he was in a relationship with them. Now, this is why the Pharisees end up so disturbed, and it's probably why we should be disturbed too. Uh, There may be many of us in this room today, many of us in this room, the best of us in this room today, whose greatest skepticism towards Christianity is the rest of us in this room. Have we ever thought about how great Christianity would be if it didn't involve all those Christians. How one of the biggest obstacles to taking this chap Jesus seriously and the things that he says seriously, one of the biggest obstacles to doing that is that one of the main implications of doing so is that we would have to spend more serious time with the people in this room. That's an obstacle to a lot of us. Y'all are not that amazing. You're really not that great. This is how I make sure that I get invited back next year to to speak. (laughs) Now, I will give you this. Uh, You have your moments. Um, If I'm going to be perfectly frank and and honest, some of my favorite people in the world are in this room. 
But it is because they are my favorite people in, this, in the world that I know that they're not that great. Okay, so I want to run through some of them. Let, let's, start with, uh, let's start with Chris Kim. <laughs> right, right? This is, this is, this is, this is just very, very, very important. Yeah, well, oh, this is good. Yeah, Chris has a real issue with, with vacuum. Maybe, Chris, Grace, you're going to have to tell me if he's changed. But when I first met Chris, Chris didn't know that a vacuum um, sucked up dirt. He, he thought that a vacuum was to make pretty patterns in, 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 in the car. This is not really the point of this. Let's, let's skip that slide, Lynn. Oh, oh, actually, let's just keep moving on. That's, that, yeah, no, let's, let's just, let's, that's my wife. That was supposed to be a joke, right, right? We're not really going to talk about all, 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 all these folks, right? Um, I, I understand the Pharisees' objection to, to the people that Jesus hangs out with because, because I hang out with Jesus. And I understand why if you're, if you're sitting down right now and you're looking at this clown, who is who is speaking right now? <laughs> like I, you know, he's not that funny. He's not that good looking. He's not that intelligent. He's not that. He's not that. He's not that great. He's not that amazing. Why would I want to spend more time with him? You know, if our primary evaluation of Jesus is how good, how amazing are the people with whom he hangs hangs out? If that's the first way we evaluate Jesus, then that we may as well walk out this door right now. That's how we evaluate Jesus. How good are your people? Then, then we might as well leave. And, and I'll tell you something just incidentally as, a, as, as kind of a crazy side note. If we do that, and that's fine. If you, if you want to leave right now, that's fine. Um, Jesus will follow you if you do that. And the reason I know that is because of this passage. Right? Do you see in verse 30 how, the, how, the, how, how, how these Pharisees are complaining to the disciples about the people in the house? Right? They're saying, why does he eat and drink with them? They're not complaining to Jesus. Anybody know why they're not complaining to Jesus? Yeah, that's exactly right. What's your name, brother? Christian, that's exactly right, Christian. Jesus is in the house. You think that any like self-respecting, ritually clean Pharisee is going to go in that house and complain to Jesus? No, no, they're complaining to the disciples that are kind of going in and out, right? But, but look at verse 31. Look at verse 31. They complain to the disciples, but who ends up answering them? Jesus left that house even, even to go and call the Pharisees, right? That's why, that's why I'm, I'm quite comfortable, right? right? If, if, if our first evaluation, right, right? If I'm, if I'm figuring out whether, whether I want to do this Christianity thing, right? If my first evaluation is the people in this room, then, then get out of here, right? We're not that amazing, right? Jesus, Jesus, will, Jesus, will, Jesus will come hunt you down. Jesus is, 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 pretty, is pretty honest about his folk, isn't he, right? He doesn't come out to the Pharisees and say, oh, you misunderstand them, right? If you would only get to know them better, they've just got hearts of gold, right? Those, those Roman collaborators who have rejected their religion and their people and are selling out, you know, everybody. No, no, he doesn't say that. He says it. He calls it like it is. He likens, uh, he likens his friends to people who are ill, calls them sinners, but man, he says that he is there to heal them. 
that the relationship that has just begun between him and Levi, between him and Levi's buddies, that that is going to be a source of new life. And this is his challenge to the Pharisees, and this is his challenge to the rest of us. He's going to challenge how we evaluate Christianity, how we evaluate him and how we evaluate Christianity. And what he is saying to the, to the Pharisees right here is he's not saying, oh, those are great people, right? No, he's saying don't evaluate Christianity based on how amazing Christians are. Evaluate Christianity based on how amazingly loved Christians are. Because you see, the same Jesus in, in, a, in a couple of years is going to walk, walk up a lonely hill outside Jerusalem. He's going he's to die a death that was Levi's. He's going to die a death that was those tax collectors because he loved them to the end. And he loves his sisters and his brothers in this room to the end. He, he, loves, he loves even me to the end. You know, a couple de- decades later, another Pharisee, yet another Pharisee. Uh, this is one who had come to realize that even his bestness wasn't enough. He, he would put it this way. He, he wrote, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though, possibly, there is a world, there is a universe where I could imagine a, for a good person, someone may dare to possibly dare, dare to die. That could happen for a good person. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't walk up that hill for, for a bunch of reformed, righteous tax collectors who had, been so, who had become so great in the years that He had known them. He walked up that hill for a bunch of sinners. Now, I've, uh, I've been spending quite a bit of time talking with the best of us, right? Uh, those, who, those who share some deep-rooted and, you know, like very intelligent skepticism towards Jesus and towards the rest of us, right? <laughs> but uh, but let, me, let me turn just very briefly to the rest of y'all. Y'all, y'all are not so amazing people. Y'all are so freaking loved. My dear sisters and brothers, Jesus loves us so much. And he knew about all our garbage, and he knew about all our problems, and he continues to love us so much, to break bread daily with, with all of us. And, and I don't know about you, but I spend a whole lot of time, I spend a whole lot of time in my life thinking about how I've done it again, how I've let him down again, right? How I've blown it again, and how because of what I have done, because of how I've messed things up, then, then that's going to mess up my family, right? And that's going to mess up the spiritual walk of our home, and then, and then how that is in turn going to mess up my church. 
right? How, how because of my failures, that's going to come home to roost in my church. And, 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 that is, and, that is gonna, and, th- and that's going to kind of magnify itself to the kingdom of God, right? If the church starts falling apart because my family starts, starts to fall apart because I'm falling apart, then, then Christ's whole kingdom is, is at stake. Why can't I get my life together? It's just, it's just guilt that, that, that builds up. And I get in this kind of headspace where my amazingness or lack thereof ends up being the key to the gospel. If only I were a more winning personality. If only I were funnier. If only I were holier. If only I were more, more, more loving or nicer or, or any of these things, then golly, people would be coming Christians all the time. I'd just be walking around, right? right, And, and like the, I'd leave a, 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 in my wake like a trail of the kingdom of God. But friends, that was not Jesus' strategy. In fact, in fact, Jesus was incredibly unstrategic. He ate with tax collectors. You know, he he picked he picked a guy called Peter to lead this whole thing at the beginning. And if that name doesn't mean a lot to you guys, then then you, you'll learn about him over time. But he was the dumbest guy in the Bible. Right? He's just stupid. Right? And. And Jesus picked him. Friends, our job is not to be amazing. That that is not our central calling. When it comes to following Jesus, our central calling is not to be better, to be amazing people. Our, Our most important calling is that we experience and we extend to others the love of Jesus Christ. We're not amazing people. We have an amazing Savior. That's, uh, that's point one. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're going to get much further than that. Um, so in addition to that job that I just said, right, so that one job is to experience and extend the love of Jesus Christ. There's one more job. Um, your pastor, David Collister, uh, was talking to me about today, and he gave me this passage, and he said, um, he said the only, you know, Adam, go, go preach the word. The only thing that he didn't want me to focus on was the story about Levi, because evidently he did that last year when he's talking about Matthew. So he said, make sure you concentrate on wineskins and stuff like that later in the passage. So, uh, so if you guys would not mind going and finding a sermon on that tonight and listening to that <laughs> and then just telling him about wineskins later in the week, that would be really good. We, uh, we serve an amazing Savior, friends. We're not amazing people, right? And, and I'd really encourage the best of us in this room um, to maybe think about how we evaluate Jesus. He... he he hung out with tax collectors, hangs out with me, with, with, with us, right? He hangs out with loved people. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thanks for this. Thanks for this word, even if we didn't get too far through it. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are a loving God. Lord, I, uh, I can just... <laughs> I could just relate with the tax collectors. Jesus, you didn't get religion. 
And, and like, my, my greatest gripe, I get this, is, is that the kind of people that you associate with are not the kind of people I want to associate with. And that the biggest problem with Christianity, to, to me, is, is all those Christians that are involved with it. But, Lord, the more that I get to know them, and much more profoundly, the more I get to know myself, the more I consider myself, the more I realize, Lord, just how much you loved us. And that in this you demonstrated your love, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we are not amazing people, but we serve an amazing Savior. Amen.